If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. My country tears the sweet land of liberty of Beyonce. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it, we will not surrender for it now or ever we are americans this is always right radio on am 1420 the answer here's your host bob france Oh, my goodness. Good morning to you. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday. It's five. It is, uh, excuse me, eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on the fifth morning of the 10th month in the year of our Lord, 2023. Got a nice show lined up for you today coming up in about an hour. We're going to talk with Dr. Everett Piper as we do each and every Thursday morning. And uh, we ask him to guide us through the culture wars to the best of his ability. He's amazing at it, by the way. A little bit later on, Senate President, Ohio Senate President Matt Huffman will join us uh, a little bit later on as well. But we are joined right off the rip today by a Senate candidate, uh, a successful businessman. He's a car dealer. He's actually got many car dealerships. And, of course, uh, he is... uh, uh, Bernie Marino. Bernie Marino joining us now on AM 1420, the answer to weigh in on so many important issues as we get closer and closer and closer to 2024. Bernie, good morning. It's good to talk to you again. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Bob. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. You know, when you and I chatted a little bit, text chat on Monday about coming on this morning, and we were going to talk about a few things, the <laughs> uh, game has changed a little bit since then. Uh, there is no longer a Speaker of the House. There is only a Speaker pro tem. There is a battle for the Speakership. Jim Jordan wants it now. Steve Scalise wants it. And the Republican Party is in complete disarray on the House side. So we didn't expect to have to talk about that, but we do. So let me ask you. What's your reaction to what took place in the last 48 hours? Well, there's a lot of chaos down there. Uh, I don't like to see Republicans fighting so much. We should be fighting against the radical Democrats. Uh, But what I see is a bunch of career politicians that don't know how to get things done. And that's why we need more outsiders to D.C., people who actually know how to get things done. You know, in business, Bob, you can't just 
uh, create chaos and not get to an end. You actually have to accomplish things. Uh, now, with that said, I'm a big advocate of uh, fighting for the things that are negotiable, uh, non-negotiable and standing strong. We have a complete and utter disaster invasion at our southern border. Uh, the fiscal health of this country is at an absolute peril. We're on life support. I don't know how much longer we can survive racking up a trillion dollars a month in debt. I would like to see Republicans come together. I'm hopeful that Jim Jordan becomes our next speaker. Obviously, don't have a vote in that. But I think he would be a transformational speaker, and it would be absolutely amazing for Ohio. Did you agree with what um, Congressman Gates and seven others did in joining with the Democrats and ousting Speaker McCarthy? I, I don't like, uh, again, this kind of Republican fight uh, like that in the public. That's what the Democrats uh, like us to do. Uh, I, I wasn't part of that process. I would say that, again, what I see is career politicians that are just not able to get a result. Uh, I don't think, Bob, it's too much for us to expect a government that works. I think there had been some wins that had been accomplished. Uh, we don't control the Senate. This is why I'm running for the United States Senate. Yeah. Without control of the United States Senate, the, the House can only do so much. That's why this race, my race, is so consequential. We have to get back the Senate and, of course, the White House. And I'm actually very, very optimistic that we're going to do that. Yeah, that's the reason I opposed the removal of McCarthy. Not that I think McCarthy is the greatest thing in the world, but even if we, if Jordan, you know, you support him for, for Speaker now, and so do I, but even if he is there, there is very little you can do with a slim, a razor-thin majority on the House side and no majority on the Senate side. If you have conservative spending bills, uh, individual appropriations bills, all of those things that conservatives love, if they squeak through the razor-thin House side, then they're going to get shut down on the Senate side anyway. So I don't think the drama is worth it here the juice isn't worth the squeeze as far as i'm concerned we need a, a majority in the senate and then i think obviously we need a change in the white house because he would slap a veto on anything that uh, makes sense to conservatives anyway but you mentioned um uh you know the uncontrollable and unsustainable border invasion so bernie moreno um you but no doubt you remember this let's give this a quick listen no I'm, there will not be another foot of wall constructed on my administration Joe Biden made that declaration before he was inaugurated. There will not be another foot of wall. Now, yesterday, suddenly, DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas is citing an acute and immediate need to waive dozens of federal laws and build a border wall in South Texas where the illegal migration has surged. What changed for Joe Biden in your mind? Well, reality slapped him in the face. Anyone who's been to the border will tell you it's complete common sense, Bob. The wall is extraordinarily effective. But what makes Biden's change of heart disgusting to me is that he paid the contractors to not install the wall. He left the materials on the ground to rot for over two years. And then, seeing that the House was passing a border security measure, sold off that steel for pennies on the dollar. So now this change of heart means that we, the taxpayers, have to pay for those materials again and for the labor again. That gusting disregard for our taxpayer dollars is infuriating. Again, I go back, Bob, to my point. We need new leadership in this country. These career politicians that don't have any respect for what it takes to make money and then burn our taxpayer dollars. They don't even use it in any way that we that has any benefit to us grotesque but uh, of course the media will not hold them accountable 
Uh, you know, the uh, left-wing advocates at the Plain Dealer are not going to report that change of heart. They'll brush it off as uh, a non-news story. Well, you're right. Um, I don't even know if I would call it a change of heart because I don't buy it. I don't buy it for one second that they see an immediate need at the border. I think they absolutely want as many illegals coming into this country as they can so that the number becomes so enormous there is nothing left for anybody to do in terms of trying to round them up and send them back until they apply for you know immigration status to this country legally. I don't think there is a change of heart. I think this is simply they have heard now, well, two things. One, we are now roughly 13 months away from the presidential election, and he knows what a huge issue this is, even with moderate voters, that he would need to win, talking about Joe Biden. And two, he's heard enough from Eric Adams in New York City and Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, and Pritzker in, in, in Illinois because of the, the number of illegals that are going to Chicago, from Karen Bass in, in Los Angeles and Krasner in Philadelphia. All of these giant blue you know, Democrat-run sanctuary cities are being overrun, and finally, that's what it took. He didn't give a rip about Texas being overrun, but once it starts to get to the cities that he cares about and with leaders that he cares about, suddenly it's, okay, maybe I better do something here. I don't think there's a change in policy or heart here. He's just heard it from his people enough that it's hurting Democrat-run cities, so now suddenly might he, maybe he has to act. Well, let me just say this to you. I think it's gotten completely beyond their ability to even man- even uh, remotely manage this. You know, my, as you know, I was born in Colombia, South America. I still have many relatives that live there. Colombia had a surge of Venezuelan migrants that came into Colombia. And what's happening is that Colombia has Venezuelan criminals, mental health patients, people who are the worst of the worst uh, uh, part of the population. They're now shipping the Colombian government is now shipping those people across the Darien Gap, hiring the drug cartels to traffic them to our border. And they, the Biden administration is realizing that, hey, when you open the floodgate, you get everything. And so what we're seeing is not just uh, uh, economic migrants, right, that, of course, have nothing to do with asylum. We are seeing the very, very worst of these criminals coming across our border, and that is a absolute clear and present danger to this country. It's not just New York, Chicago, and San Francisco. I was in Springfield, Ohio yesterday. The health director told me they are overwhelmed and overrun by illegal migrants there to the point where they cannot function as a health department in Clark County, Ohio. Um, I don't know exactly what the politics are in Clark County, Ohio, or in Springfield, but I'm guessing they're not Democrat leaders, because if they were Democrat leaders, then they would care. Then Biden would care. I guess that's kind of my point. I agree with you. It's not just the big cities. It is happening all over the country. You're right about that. But like I said, I just think it's the loudest voices who are screaming, uh, we can't take any more, we can't take any more. And even Adam saying, I don't want to be a sanctuary city anymore, or intimating as much, is uh, is something that's making them actually take notice on the, uh, uh, you know, in the Biden administration. But I don't believe there's a genuine concern for what is happening here. Um, because they've made that very, very clear. What is a genuine concern, Bernie Moreno, Senate candidate, joining us on AM 1420, The Answer, what is a genuine concern to them uh, is making sure that Ukraine gets more of our tax dollars. Biden is, according to yesterday's news, uh, planning a major speech to drum up and generate more American support for funding of Ukraine. Now, I don't know if he thinks that this little, you know, token 20 miles of wall that they're talking about building in Texas uh, is supposed to make everything 
everybody feel good now because we've all been saying not another nickel to Ukraine until we address the southern border. So what is your uh, what is your analysis of the new intention to have a new standalone uh, payment to top to add on top of the 113 billion we've already sent to President Zelensky in Ukraine? Well, let me just remind everybody, your listeners, that uh, the reason Ukraine was invaded was because of the weakness of Obama, the weakness of Biden. It would never have happened if President Trump was in office. It did not happen when President Trump was in office. So this is this invasion is in Ukraine is 100 percent rest on the feet of the weakness of the Democrats, Biden and and Obama. Uh, From my perspective, uh, I'm very, very clear on this. Uh, Joe Biden cannot be trusted to execute this war. We should not be authorizing him one more cent to be sent over there. We should be demanding a peace settlement to this. We have to end the killing, Bob. Uh, I am done with endless wars that cost us trillions of dollars in American lives. Uh, this is where that's heading. So for me, peace talks in the conflict, not one more cent for Ukraine. Uh, we need to prioritize our scarce tax dollars to put the interests of America first, to rebuild ourselves here. We cannot be strong overseas unless we're strong internally. Uh, for me, that's crystal clear. I, I actually uh, don't understand this idea of continuing to send tens of billions of dollars to a foreign country, keeping that conflict going. Uh, there is no plan to win. It's just keeping that alive for the military-industrial complex and the special interest groups that want to drag, out, drag us into another endless war. I, I think as Americans, we're just done uh, with that kind of conflict. Yeah, uh, Bernie, I, I don't disagree. I think we are, but I want to. I'm going to have to ask you the same thing I asked J.D. Vance when I had him on earlier this week, and I asked Jim Jordan the same thing. Those who are opposed to sending more money to Ukraine, um, how do you respond to the critics who say you are enabling and emboldening and strengthening Vladimir Putin, who's going to go through Ukraine if we don't arm them and fund them into a NATO country, drawing us into uh, an actual physical war with Russia? Because according to the terms of the alliance, as I understand them, um, if you attack one NATO nation, you attack all NATO nations, and it's incumbent upon all nations to fight back. So that's what they're saying we're doing if we don't fund Ukraine. What do you say? I think it's a false narrative. Uh, I'm certainly not somebody who's for appeasing Putin. Putin's obviously the aggressor, a very, very bad person. I absolutely empathize with the people of Ukraine. But when you're the leader of the world, what you do is you do everything possible to end conflicts. You don't keep them going on. You don't drag them out. I'm not suggesting a peace settlement that, uh, that helps Russia. In fact, Russia right now, Bob, is doing very well. Uh, their economy is growing. They're making lots of money. They're laundering oil through India and other countries. Uh, the Russian economy has not been crippled by any of Biden's sanctions. And you have a commander-in-chief and an administration who's incapable of actually managing this conflict properly. We should be demanding that they give a full-throttled effort to a peace situation that does bring Russia back in check, that ends the Russia-China alliance. That's in the the strategic interest of the United States. This is not about appeasement. That's a false narrative. This idea that if you end up with a peace settlement, that that rewards Putin or that all of a sudden he's invading Poland, that is absolutely not true. Uh, What we're doing now is helping and enriching Putin, and in fact, drawing nations to align in the BRICS movement, which would de-dollarize the world economy. That would be a very, very catastrophic situation for the U.S. 
Um, we have to take it to China, too, because the other argument that is being made uh, against those of us who, who are done funding Ukraine, and by the way, I was okay with helping them at the beginning when the invasion started. We, we are $113 billion in, and I don't think there is any end to that war in sight, meaning I don't think there is a way to identify what victory looks like. That's why they keep saying any amount for as long as it takes, but they never finish the sentence. For as long as it takes to do what? What signifies victory to the point where we stop saying money. There's no incentive for Ukraine to end the war because the spigot of U.S. cash will be shut off when it's ended. And so I, I have a real problem with that. But the other part of it, Bernie, is, of course, they're saying China's watching. And China's watching to see whether or not we help a smaller, weaker country against a massive superpower, because that's going to dictate whether or not they go into Taiwan and essentially uh, overtake Taiwan. Um you know, even though Taiwan is part of China as far as, you know, the one one world China, but you understand the point and what impact that will have. So if China sees us not supporting Ukraine, it indicates we will not support Taiwan either, and they'll be able, they'll be able to do whatever they want and bring the world to its knees. How do you how do you respond to that? Well, let me just say a few things. Number one, again, if we were going to arm Ukraine, we should have done it before there was invasion. invasion. And Putin gave us plenty of time to do that. Number two, the money isn't not necessarily going to weaponry. First of all, there's no accountability to that money. It's going to pay salaries, government salaries. Who knows how much corruption uh, money is being lost to that. So this idea that this money is perfectly being used to have exact weaponry to help help them win the war is a false choice. In terms of China, what China's watching is that we're not playing a leadership role in the world. What China's watching is that we're incapable of, of aligning the world to end a conflict that should have never started in the first place. That's what they're watching for. They're watching for that signal. They're also watching an America who's depleting its armaments, who's depleting its soldiers through woke, incredible, uh, incredibly harmful recruitment measures. When you're a soldier and you go to the military and you're learning transgenderism and DEI, you know, people, we, we're losing our ability to recruit the number of soldiers that we need and the weaponry that they need to fight a war. That's the kind of thing that China is watching. We need to strengthen our military. We need to strengthen our diplomacy and show the world that we can keep peace and stability around the world. We're doing the exact opposite with that right now. This could not be more mishandled. And again, reemphasize, this should never and would never have happened if we had a strong leader like Donald Trump in the White House. And when we get back there, uh, we will solve this crisis very, very quickly. We've got to avert World War III. We've got to put Putin back in the corner, break that Russia-China alliance, and and establish a scenario where people actually fear American might around the world, and that's not what we have today. Last question for you, Bernie, because we're a little short on time, but I want to get it in, because you made your fortune as a luxury car dealer. Klaus Schwab has announced, and he, of course, is the founder of the World Economic Forum and one of the globalists who thinks he can literally set policy for the world, and maybe with enough support from leftists in America, he's right. He has announced the end of car ownership. Private car ownership will end by 2030. Quote, you will use an app like Uber, but not anymore to call some driver. A self-driving car will come to your hotel or wherever you are. By 2030, there will be no more private cars. Highways will become parks and part of the public sphere. How do you respond to that? These guys are in la-la land. What they want to do, Bob, is they want to control us. They want to take any uh, sections of freedom away from us. This is what the UAW strike is ultimately about. I hear a lot of people say, hey, don't the, don't the Democrats realize that with electric vehicles, our grid can't handle it. Of course they realize that. They just want to take cars off the road. 
They want to end our auto industry, ship it to China. They want to take away our freedoms. They want to be able to control us. They want to have a small group of elites that tell the rest of us how to live our lives. That's fundamentally what this election is all about. Are we actually going to fight for that, for that vision of America and reject this world order, this one world view? Uh, I am somebody who's running for the United States Senate to represent America and America's interests. And that's what I'm going to fight like hell to do to make sure that my kids and my grandkids get the same country that my parents gave me when they brought me to America. That's what I'm going to fight like hell every single day to do, Bob. This uh, world order has got to end, and we got to get out of that. You know, that's, that's a great message, I, and I support that 100%. And, uh, you know, what's amazing, what you said about the UAW, There, I got an article in front of me, UAW striking auto workers are complaining and warning that Biden's green agenda, including the EV mandates, will eliminate their jobs and the plants entirely. And yet, guess which presidential candidate they endorsed in 2020 and which presidential candidate from which party they endorse every single time. It is indeed the candidate from the party that wants these mandates that are that are literally the slaves of the of the green, the gangrene movement. So they're literally cutting off their own noses to spite their faces. Uh, Bernie Marino, Senate candidate. Terrific uh, analysis this morning. Thank you very much. Campaign going well. Campaign's going great. 2,000 miles a week, uh, uh, every day, seven days a week. Uh, this is a full-time job for me. To beat Sheriff Brown, it has to be a full-time job and a full-time effort. So thank you for having me, Bob. Hit that, hit that website, Bernie. BernieMarino.com. M-O-R-E-N-O.com. BernieMarino.com. Thank you, Bernie. That's Bernie Marino joining us on AM 1420. The Answer will come back after the bottom of the hour news. Stay right here. Always right radio. 